is minute 18 of As If, the podcast about Clueless, where we talk about Clueless minute by minute. I'm Dan Costa, your host. With me today is Lan. Hello, hello. And Jesse Cooper. Hello. This episode begins with Cher and Josh in the car. And Cher is telling him, oh, that be reason enough for me, in response to a snide comment he made. And it ends with Dion and Cher speaking with Miss Geis outside the guidance office, telling her she has such pretty eyes. So to start things off, uh, we have uh, Cher, like we said, Cher and Josh in the car. And Josh had made the snide comment on be, being her, her being selfish, and uh, he would die if he ever saw her being selfless. And she made a comeback saying that um, it would that'd be reason enough for her <laughs> to to do that. So uh, just to me, I think it just points out that she isn't just an airhead. She's actually uh, a good a good brain on her shoulders. She's a witty girl, and um, and she can go toe to toe with him. So, and they've got a nice relationship. I think, even if it is like a, a snarky one. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, they, they, there's a bit of sparring there, like brother and sister. But later on, it becomes maybe something else. So, so then um, we actually go to an outdoor cafeteria did you guys have an outdoor eating area at your high schools oh goodness uh, no no um <laughs> although if you were seniors you're allowed to kind of eat uh on like the lawn and stuff on uh, during later part of the year and stuff i don't know why i'm trying to think i don't think we had anywhere to go and yeah, I mean they're they're in Southern California, and I was in the mountains in Pennsylvania, so it's a little different. Before I started high school, that the, like my sister's classes, um, the if you were a junior or um, senior and you got permission from your parents, you could smoke in the courtyard. So that what? is something that could never have a day. Could you imagine? My God, no! Like approved smoking by children. <laughs> <laughs> I never heard of such a thing. You can smoke, but you're going to smoke. Yeah, it's Massachusetts. I don't live in, you know, the some backwoods town either, so it's pretty crazy. Um, wow. But they are, um, I don't know why I noted this, but they're both eating yogurts, and uh, Dion's got a Diet Coke. I did notice that, too. <laughs> <laughs> the thing I noticed in that scene wasn't yeah. necessarily what they're eating. I wasn't re- actually was barely paying attention to them. I was paying attention to the person that was in the green and uh, leopard print jacket. Amber, right? Yeah. She's got the best outfits no matter what that's yes. going on. Like, whatever she was on screen, it was it was always just on point. Like, even uh, in one of the later minutes we're doing, where everyone's dressed in black and white, like, she has, like, one of the best like, Somehow outfits. she matches to pull off clashing patterns with, like... Uh, camo print and uh, leopard print at the same time. She, she reminded me of like um, rave culture almost. I know that would be like later nineties, but hers were her outfits were a little bit more extreme. If you'll forgive the nineties vernacular, and um, <laughs> you know, and oh, that was but, extreme with a, just an X, right? Like no, oh, way. absolutely, absolutely, extreme. with a Z somewhere in there too. <laughs> um, did you notice the weird interaction she had with the boy in back of her? No. Wait, wait. No, no, sorry. So Amber walks out, and there's some boy, like, kind of... First, you think it might be her boyfriend that's following her, and she turns, gives him a dirty look, and he kind of freezes. So it's... it's it's Maybe there's, like, a secret plot in the background where she is actually a Gorgon. Oh, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's why she's always rolling her eyes and stuff, because she doesn't want to turn people into stone, but she also doesn't want to give away the fact that she's actually a Gorgon. Right. If, if, 
if that was the secret subplot to Clueless, it might become my favorite movie. But um, it's what the flashy outfits for. They're a distraction. Oh, absolutely, it's a Gorgon ca- camouflage. Um, <laughs> so Cher and Deanna eating lunch, and Cher asks if she is selfish. It, it, if uh, Dion would call her selfish, and Dion says not to your face. So haha, and um. She Dion asks if Josh is giving her shit because it's going through because he's going through his post adolescent idealistic phase. So, so a couple of things on this to me. One, it's uh, Clueless does this a lot where these high school students are speaking in a manner that much more adult, you well, know, I mean- than no- normally here in high school. That, that's kind of, like, just the M.O. of, like, most, like, high school movies, though. Mm. Like, people don't, it seems until, like, very recently, or, uh, people didn't write kids or teenagers as kids or teenagers. They wrote them as yeah. adults that were tinier. Right. <laughs> um, and this one might be also a side effect of them being played by 28-year-olds. Well, yeah. well, I mean, that's also, I mean, it also helps whenever you actually have kids playing the roles instead of, like, full-grown adults. But, like... Even, like, a full-grown adult with the right writing could, like, pull off, I guess, realistic speak and stuff, and it's... I don't know. It's even, it's even the... worse when it's, like, smaller kids, when it's, yeah, like, 10-year-olds. Yeah. They always oh, sound oh. like tiny little adults, too. It, it did remind me, it's not exactly, but uh, I think back to, like, after I'd taken one psychology course... And that, like in high school as a junior, and then love to self-diagnose people, <laughs> uh, like, like with no. Must, you must have been a uh, joy to be around. Yeah, so like, uh, not taking psych one hundred and one. You know everything now. Yeah, a- absolutely. Um. So, do you feel that, um, watching this again, and um, obviously he's the biggest star of this movie, um. Paul Rudd and uh, I, I, he's one of these actors where I really don't remember disliking him in a role. Um, he hasn't made you know perfect choices, but I think he's pretty likable. And he, I remember watching this and and really being st- struck by him as well. And but do you feel like he might be a little bit um, annoying <laughs> in, with his? Uh, in his post-adolescent idealistic self in this movie? See, I think they're a little harsh on him. I don't think he's as bad as they play him off. They make him sound like he's some sort of real, like, head-in-the-clouds hippie or something like that. And yeah, I just, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's coming from the eyes of rich Southern Californians or something like that, that he seems like a real hippie right. type or something. <laughs> I don't know. This also is a movie more from the viewpoint of, like, Claire and everything too so if she's not used to being around that type of person or people like around that age then it may i think it would make sense that she'd be a little bit more harsh like i thought that he was still um lovable and paul rudd like they um they see mr hall and uh they run after him and she's asking if he drinks coffee and he makes a remark not from this cafeteria so obviously he he's a lover of um, fine coffee and um, she explains that and she says the R word so she does it's where this movie really shows its age my kids would never say it my kids would never ever well I, 
I believe they would, and I, I hope to God they wouldn't. So, uh, that unfortunate word being said, she's explaining that she took her father's drink, but she has this coffee, this sucky Italian roast, and um, that she doesn't want it because it'll stunt her growth. She's afraid it'll stunt her growth, and she wants to be 5'10", like Cindy Crawford, and that's a very 1995 statement. That is maybe the most <laughs> 1995 statement ever made. Hey, I wish I were 5'10", like Cindy Crawford. That'd be nice. So, this whole stunt your growth thing, do you guys do you guys buy that? Um, <laughs> you know, I've been, I've been told that, that caffeine will stunt your growth. I always said that I probably would be about like 5'11 if I hadn't drank so much Pepsi as a kid. I, I, I smoke cigarettes from 15 to 21, and I... I probably if there if those really do stunt your growth, I I screwed myself over. So they're setting up the whole thing between Miss Geis and Mister Hall, and oh. they're saying um, that maybe uh, you and Miss Geis would might like it. Maybe you could share it. And so they're basically planting the seeds of love between them. Uh, here lies one of my only problems with the movie. Yeah, I hate matchmakers. <laughs> Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, just let well, this is not the their... movie for you, my friend. No, it isn't. No, and, no first, like, okay, because, like, the, the the only other note I have for this uh, episode, besides uh, the awesome fashion of the Gorgon lady, was uh, how invasive they were with their space. And, like, hmm. I would not be able to deal with anyone being like, oh, you dressed yourself, an adult. I'm going to prissy you up now so you can be shooed off towards someone. And I don't like that. I don't like it at all. <laughs> like, well, we'll definitely to... get into that the next minute, tomorrow's minute, because there's a lot of that going on. Tomorrow. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I also have uh, equally scathing notes for that one. Um, right. <laughs> but, but, like, it just, it's just feels invasive. It just feels like these teenage, uh, teenage girls should not be trying to set up their obviously, like, middle-aged, like, uh superiors and, and that brings us where we are now it, it they um meet outside of the guidance office and miss guys comes out and greeted in unison by sharon dion and um she attempts to ask a question about the environmental fair but they clearly have their own agenda so Cher takes off her glasses and remarks you have such pretty eyes so that really must have bothered you jesse if somebody oh no no also the you have such pretty eyes also bothered me yeah. Because uh, maybe maybe I just have a chip on my shoulder, <laughs> but like you have pretty <laughs> eyes. It, it, you have pretty eyes. Like it almost smacks as if like you look so much prettier when you smile. Yeah, yeah. Oh me. yeah. She only wants help with the environmental fair. She didn't mean to be taken down by these two teenage demons. Like I don't know. It's like two like conventionally attractive people being like, "Oh, you're so sweet." When you uh, patting her on the head. It just it just did not sit well with me and just coming so, right at her just like all hands and grabby and pulling yeah, at her hair yeah. and her ah. clothes and yeah i mean she has ground to be like a like a like a harassment suit right there i think she <laughs> if she wanted to she could sue them I <laughs> <laughs> well it rolls into our next minute but she kind of just waves it off like oh you girls yeah. When, Jesse, we'll start with you. When did you first see Clueless? It was actually about a week ago. <laughs> yeah, nice. uh, I, I watched the show when I was probably around eight or nine. Uh, I don't know if it was reruns or if it was, like, running concurrently. But uh, I watched it after school. And I liked it. I think it was more because there was a lot of pretty people on screen. And that's why I watched it. Uh, probably. I don't know. Yeah. I was eight. <laughs> uh, 
I remember liking the person who, it was either uh, Donald Faison or the person who replaced him. I'm not sure. I don't remember any of the actors or anything. Now really... watching this, the last week or so, how did you, did you feel like the overall movie um, aged well? Do you feel like it was... I feel like there's a bit of twinge of nostalgia when a lot of people talk about it. Um, it yeah. This definitely has... It's definitely a good movie and everything. It's shot well. Uh, the dialogue is really good. Um, it you know it goes quickly. It doesn't like overstates welcome. It really um, goes quickly. I was kind of yeah. shocked at how. Uh, well, like, to the point where the editing, like, feels like kind of jarring sometimes. It, when it ended, it was very abrupt to me. I'm like, oh, this is wrapping up. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I mean, I liked it and everything. I just uh, I guess I don't have the nostalgia goggles on when I was watching it. So you know. I don't know. Also, yeah. it was a little bit after my time, so... Because, like, when it was... 95, I would have been three. <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> oh, boy! If this was set... If this was set... If this was set in the early 2000s, I, like, I would be... Like, it would probably hit, like, all of my nostalgia pangs and whatnot, but, yeah, It felt like uh, more of a relic of the time. Uh, now, what about you, Lan? When did you first see Clueless? Uh, I mean, I saw it when it probably came out on video, you know, way yeah. back in the day, and... When it Same. came out, I was probably about 14 years old, so I was prime target, but yeah, right. uh, I, I wasn't, I, I remember seeing it and enjoying it, but not being like crazy about it or anything like that. And rewatching it now, I think I appreciated it a lot more than I, I did back then. Uh, as far as it was holding up, uh, like, it's pretty much like, like uh, Jesse said, it's, it's, it, it's not like it's poorly made or anything like that it's it's you know well done and well acted and all that i, I kept th trying to think of when i was rewatching it um if i sat down and watched this with my 13 year old niece what would she think of it now and i yeah. think she'd probably get a good laugh at a you know a lot of the a lot of the clothing and the the cell phones I, and the things like that that they have in it but i think otherwise i think she would still enjoy it even despite all that so i think i, I think, think it's so. it still does pretty well yeah i think so many of the things that were ahead of its time uh, we take for granted now. Even some of the um, slang, which, you know, um, they say uh, fat and the bomb, and um, these were things that weren't used in 1995, really, as far as I know, not in, you know, in Massachusetts, anyway. And, um, and now you do, you know, they're a little passe now, but um, it, a lot of it that was... A lot of this movie they got right, you know, so, and I think that Alicia Silverstone and Paul Rudd especially make the movie um, extremely watchable. So. Well, one thing I will have to say is it did have, a, I think, a lot of, like, very uh, sensibilities that are still used today, but because yeah. it was used so far back, it didn't have, like, quite the uh, fine point that, that I think it would if it was made now. And, yeah. um... And if I'm a little honest, I view movies like a, a little bit too uh, in with today's lens. Sure. Yeah. And that might come too from it. There's a lot of characters and a lot of little things going on. So yeah, I, I feel like ensemble cast, uh, ensemble casts and stuff do a little bit better now. Um, I don't currently have a podcast. I do have one in the works, so I have nothing to plug. Um, other than you can follow me and on Twitter at uh, Uncle underscore Batman, and um, 
you can talk to me on the Flophouse fa- Facebook group. I'm there all the time. God knows. <laughs> and, um, uh, As we all Je- are. Yeah. Uh, Jesse, why don't you uh, uh, you go first? Do you have a podcast? Yeah, I do a podcast called Turn to Page. Uh, basically, I read a choose-your-own-adventure book with a couple of friends, and we uh, tell jokes and review the book. Um, I think it's pretty fun anyway. I don't personally have a Twitter, but I have a Twitter for the podcast, which I guess is mine. Twitter, because the podcast is mine. Yeah. But whatever. <laughs> it's right. uh, <laughs> at turn two page pod. Uh, you can find, you know, I guess if you want to tweet at me, I'll eventually get to it. I am going to subscribe and follow right now. Okay. And Lan, how about you? Uh, I don't have my own podcast yet. It's a very, very far off thing if I ever will. But yeah. I am in the planning stages of a thing. Uh, I am, however, if you go back and listen to a talking cast or the cast next door, I have a bunch of episodes on both of those. I don't remember which ones somewhere <laughs> throughout the whole thing. Yeah. Probably a good 10 episodes between the two of them, if not more. So you can check that out. And on Twitter, my Twitter name is Hellglass, H-E-L-L-G-L-A-S-S. And you can nice. watch me retweet other people who say funny things. Yeah, that's pretty much what I do. And I yell at Republicans. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I, thank you, guys. Uh, thank you, Lan. And no thank problem. you, Jesse. And um, you uh, join us tomorrow where we'll be talking about Minute 19. Thanks for listening to this episode of As If, the podcast all about Clueless. It is produced and edited by Darren Huston. Executive produced and hosted by Dan Costa. With my guests, Lan and Jesse Cooper. Follow us on Facebook at As If The Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at As If underscore podcast. And follow us on Instagram at As If Podcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Shout Engine, or the podcasting app of your choice. Please rate and review if you enjoy. Clueless is owned by Paramount Pictures. No infringement is intended. All rights reserved. Copyright 2016.